like closing a deal for podcasting is really hard but what we did figure out was we can use the podcast as a vehicle to get money other ways which is what has been working and now with the especially with the pandemic um the patreon and the donations we've been getting have been incredible welcome to the podcast sessions with rutendo nyamuda where we chat to podcast hosts podcast producers and those within the podcast industry on today's show we chat to the co-hosts of two broke twimbos phil chard and dennis dubey the idea that i i had for two broke twimbos when we started it was um I, I was running the African hip hop blog at the time, and and on that platform, I was able to do long form, in depth interviews with artists, and but it was very limited to uh, hip hop artists. And I realized that there wasn't anything locally. And I'd look at local acts, and I'd be like, I can't find any interviews of these people outside of radio interviews. And the only interviews that are on radio are the very quick hit. Hey, you got a new song? What's it about? How is it? Oh, cool. See you later. Where are you performing this weekend? And that was it. There was no breakdown of the story. So very deliberately i was trying to recreate the combat jack show um which which is what gave me the idea to start the podcast mm-hmm. and i can't wait to be tell this i think it was on our podcast a few weeks ago um because at the time when we started the podcast because i'm i'm very much a build the plane uh, while we're flying it type person i don't sit down and do a strategy which which is a, a gift and a curse so like i i had this idea i approached dan we approached a third person that third person declined to be part of it and I told Dan, you know, let's do it. Dan was like, I, I bet I'm down. I'm working at the station. Let me ask the station if they can give us the equipment. And I didn't even figure out, wait, how are we going to record when we live in two different cities? Mm-hmm. And the first few episodes of the podcast, Dan was recording by himself. <laughs> but within that, I think one of the first episodes we did was with metaphysics. And I wasn't there for that episode. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I caught a bus to Harare on a Friday after work. And on the Friday, Dan and his friends used to go play touch rugby at an older audience. And that's where I met him. And then he was like, yo, this is the recording. So while they were playing rugby, I was listening to the recording in the car. And I just started crying. And I was just like, this is it. Because in that episode, Metaphysics is telling this, these underground stories of how he, he basically stalked the Wu-Tang Clan and wore, and go, went to the hotel with the studio in his backpack. And then there's another story of the, the, the Bell of Hell. What is the name of that band that he went to, Dan? Remember? Is that story uh, telling of that the, band? The, the German one, right? The... No, it's, it's, the, it's one of, the, it's one of these, these big American metal bands. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I forgot, but I, I know which story you're talking basically about. Basically, showed him this this bell that 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 has all these hidden links to to the occult and all this stuff. So, like all these deep cut stories that no one had any idea about. And yeah. I was like, "This is what I wanted to make." Mm-hmm. And so that's what it's, it's always been like. We're, we're trying to have conversations because we don't want you to have the, the generic. We actually like if if an artist comes on the show, and they start giving us the PR answers. We'll call them and be like, this is not why we want you. We want to have a proper conversation. So something that Phil hasn't mentioned or probably doesn't even really know is that um, he's. it's because of Phil that I got put onto podcasts. Obviously, it was, it was probably different podcasts than he was into. But uh, at the time when we first started talking about a podcast, if you remember, Phil, we actually talked about it for a long time before we started it. And in mm. my head, I was like, podcasts? Ain't nobody got time to sit down for an hour and... And I don't know, just curiosity made me research and find different things that I really liked. And at the time I was listening to, 
I was listening to a lot of storytelling podcasts. So they weren't necessarily interviews, but they were podcasts like Myths and Legends or... Uh, it, it was basically a podcast where someone would produce a story and it would be like a 30-minute or an hour-long story that they'd be telling. And just without really noticing it, I got into the whole – I couldn't listen. Even in my free time, I couldn't listen to music anymore because, like, whenever I have free time and I need to listen to something, it would be some podcast or another. Mm -hmm. So when we actually finally sat down to actually start doing the podcast, I was very fired up, very interested in doing the podcast and our whole plan at the time, like Phil says, was we wanted to do interviews. And the thought, the thought process was never conversation between the two of us. It was always, we're going to sit down and we're going to ask some questions. In fact, we right from the beginning, we always tried to avoid the word interview. Mm -hmm. And we tried to move towards the direction of conversations. Mm -hmm. So we, our very first release, I think Metaphysics was maybe our first recording, but our very first release was Amara Brown. Yeah. Um, that was and the first interview I was there for. We I, I sort of made the decision that let's let's make our first release one that we're both in. But at the time, I think we had piled up a couple of interviews already. Yeah. Sorry, Phil, you were going to say? Yeah, I, I, I was going to say um, pretty much like the common theme you'll find throughout this interview is it's, it's usually me suggesting an idea, Dan pushing against it, and then slowly realizing I was right. Um, <laughs> it happened. That, that is completely untrue. See, Phil, Phil always true, thinks that he has an yeah. idea and I push against it. What he doesn't realize is he has an overall view and I fill it in with what works. Mm. And it's fine. It's okay. There doesn't need to be definitions. The end mm. result is we have something that works. This is this is the ultimate like relationship. You know, I feel like I feel like this is a therapy session for you guys. Do you guys say anything you want to air out, guys? <laughs> No, but, but the listens. <laughs> yeah. I speak to him all the time. He just ignores me. But but this comes to like such like a great point around like you know like co-hosts and chemistry between co-hosts because even if you listen to your conversations as I listen to your podcast and they're long, right? Like we're talking two hours. Um, there is just something between the two of you guys that it, that that one wants to listen more. You know, you're not going like, oh, wow. Um, as you said, like it's a conversation. So you're not going, I ask a question, you ask a question, I ask a question. There, there's this consistent and continuous conversation and addition to what's happening, which makes it more engaging because also the viewpoints are like, it's almost some of the things you guys even say are things that people are naturally thinking but are too afraid to even ask or to say and that that's you know also the the gem in it but for you guys um well you guys obviously you guys knew each other and you were friends before but this is a different kind of like talk about the chemistry between the two of you because this is different this is not we're just friends uh and we can you know co-host together this is we're friends but we have this chemistry online on a podcast that is the spark and is the magic that makes this podcast what it is. Well, I remember it, like it was yesterday. It was a warm summer's evening. <laughs> the moon was full and the stars were out. Oh. Walk. In the distance was a lanky, a malnourished, light-skinned boy. And I said, ooh. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> um, Dan and I just, we've always been in the same circles. Um, so Dan knows some of my family here in Harare. And whenever I'd come to Harare, um, we also had um, friendship through the church. We'd always just meet up. Uh, but it, I, I wouldn't say at that time we were friends. Like, But we just knew, oh, that's Dan, that's Phil, that type of thing. I think what really was the catalyst was we knew off each other. And then we discovered Twitter. And I was cracking jokes on Twitter 
he was cracking jokes. We, we followed each other and we realized, oh, that's Dan, that's Phil. And we built this rapport on Twitter um, to the point where, and at the time, we also had nothing going on in our lives. I think that the key to being very successful in social media is to not be successful. And be unemployed. Your time yeah. spent. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Social media because literally that's what I was doing. I spent every waking moment on Twitter, and it was the time where Econet had just introduced data. So for twenty five, no, was it twenty five dollars? Was yeah, I think it was twenty five bucks. For twenty five <laughs> bucks a month, you could get unlimited internet because you're part of this test group. Mm-hmm. And I went through three Nokia phones, killing the batteries because I was hotspotting off that phone, just being on Twitter. And that's what we do day in day. I was just crack jokes. We, we we built a pretty big following on Twitter. Um, and that's where the friendship b- began to develop more. Mm-hmm. And then from that, we then realized, yo, people actually care what we do, what we say. Um, I had already started um, blogging and developing a following there. And I wanted to figure out another creative avenue. Um, and as Dan said, I'd been listening to podcasts for a long time. So um, if you remember Nokia, I, had, I think it was a Nokia N96 Mm-hmm. So the Nokia N96 came with a podcast app. This was like 2007, 2008. I had no idea what a podcast app was. And you open up the podcast app and it gives you the suggested podcast. And the top of the list was This Week in Tech. So that's the first podcast I ever listened to was This Week in Tech, which I introduced Dan to. You, you'll deny it, but I did. I told no, you. No, no, it's true. <laughs> I won't yeah. deny it. It's true. I still listen and to it to this day. <laughs> but I, I never really resonated that, wait, I could do this mm-hmm. until I started listening to the Combat Jack show. Because the Combat Jack show, he was podcasting, he was talking about hip-hop, and he was getting these incredible stories mm-hmm. from people I loved. And he was having three-hour conversations with Chuck D, and the three hours would just fly by, and they're telling all these amazing stories about the, the birth of hip-hop and, and what they did in, in the early New York scene. And that's when I was like, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I just now I just needed to figure out who to do it with. And it just so happened... Um, that I managed to do with someone that I actually care about and who's my friend because we've had some rough moments. Like you always have rough moments, but it's because we're friends. We're able to sit down and she's like, okay, this was said, this was said, let's work through it. Um, and I think that's been an advantage because it's, this is tough. This, this thing is tough. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but yeah, I think that speaks to the history and the, the chemistry. And 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 Dan, would you agree, or what is it? What is it for you that you think, you know, makes this combination, this duo, work so well? You know, and 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 I guess in in the frame of mind or the context of thinking about, um, I know that there are so many people now who are starting podcasts, who are starting co-hosting podcasts, or you know, kind of panel style podcasts, uh, only because they don't want to do it by themselves. Um, but the thinking for them to go like, look. This, this is what works for you guys. I mean, it might work for them, but this is what works for you guys and what makes it work. Sure. So um, I'm going to try sort of mentally separate this into like the technical elements and then the more ethereal, for lack of a better word, elements that can't necessarily be explained. So for, on a more technical point, um, I think chemistry I, and this is something I pay a lot of attention to because uh, I've been on radio for a long time. In fact, my job now includes um, finding new talent and creating new shows. So I'm often thinking about chemistry, what makes chemistry and so on. And the the, the, like the, the, the most basic answer is there's no real formula. 
but there's some things that you can look out for that might help you to find the chemistry. So I think with Phil and myself, one of the things that definitely helped is we have a lot of similarities, but we also have a lot of differences. And I think the differences often make the chemistry. So for example, um, Phil's interests often lean towards um, the more technical, nerdy, minutiae, as I like to call it, of certain things. And uh, myself, sometimes I'm more interested in um, the more overall or the more uh, bird's eye view kind of um, side of things. And that works well as a combination because now both listeners who are interested in both or somewhere in the middle or whatever are going to find something that they like in that. Or another example is um, we have similarities in that we both, I think I think both Phil and myself have some level of ability in, in creating humor. We're both uh, air quotes funny to some extent. But then I think the type of humor, um, while there are places where we intersect, uh, in other places there's a, there's some differences. You know what I mean? Like, is it more... Using using far right and far left examples, for example, I think sometimes I will lean towards more obvious or even leaning towards toilet humor, and Phil might lean a little bit more towards witticisms, for example. Both, you know, fans of both are gonna laugh, and that's great because that contributes to the to the podcast. So I think on on the one hand, there have to be some similarities, but the differences are what you need to look out for. And very often those are complementary. The second thing that I would mention as well that I think works well with us is Phil, Phil said it's hard and it's true. Two people, three people, no matter how many people, as long as it's more than one person trying to build something together are often going to come um, at loggerheads on something because we're all different. We all have different ideas of what works and what doesn't work. And either you have to fit in exactly compatible like the compatibility has to be exact, which is extremely rare, I think. Or um, there has to be a willingness to compromise. Mm -hmm. And I think that willing to, willingness to compromise might even be more important than the chemistry because um, l chemistry can be built over a long time, but how are you going to last a long time? <laughs> You know, so yeah. you got to be able to, to, oh. to take each other's desires into account. Uh, one thing I've noticed about Phil and myself, which I find rather rare in podcasts, is we've gotten very good at not talking over each other. When Phil talks, I'm quiet. When I talk, he's quiet. And it's amazing how that very basic exchange doesn't exist in other podcasts. Is it is it something that you guys have just always done or is it something that has grown uh is there like an is there like a you look at me i look at you is there a, i can sense i can feel not, not a, I, I think it, it, it's, it's a combination of many things i think it's mainly because dan and i are very anal so in the, in the way that dan just described how he's anal about stuff i am exactly the same way so i will listen back to the podcast and i'll be like oh no oh, should have said this differently no we need to do this differently and in the beginning, we were talking over each other. There, there were many times, like, we we didn't even, like, a simple thing like learning how to argue on air. People don't know how to do that properly. When you're arguing in the barbershop, it's who's the last. absolutely agree with Phil right now as well. Everything he's saying. Oh, Never interrupt I each other. Oh, you, you, you better cut, keep quiet there, all day. No, but, yeah. So small things like that. We're learning how to argue. Or even when I have a point, 
I'll I'll be like, oh, when he wants to interject, just respond and say, yo, let me finish my point and then you can speak. Or I don't mean to interrupt you, but it also allows you to keep the, the the stream of consciousness going because the worst thing, especially in a podcast, is if you're constantly interjecting with a the person, they can't get a, a concise or cogent point out, and that takes away from the episode. It takes away from the energy. It takes away from the, the points. So it's something that you, you learn, and you also listen because Dan and I both listen to a lot of podcasts. We're both very analytical. We we pay attention to a, a lot of things, and we have conversations off air. We'll, we'll sit down and we'll be like, "Ah, no, this was wrong. This was wrong. We need to fix this." Like we have these these meetings regularly because we're trying to make the best product. Um, so I think that that plays a part into it. So one thing that I definitely want to touch on is just obviously you guys having a very long form podcast. I mean, it's plus minus on average two hours. So anything from like an hour to I mean, there were some in the three hour mark and I was just like, before I listened, I was like, who am I ready for this? Because to be very honest with the amount of podcasts that are coming out at the moment, it's, it is, I always usually advise people that that 2025 mark is a good, you know, range, especially for people's listener capability or attention span. But you guys have managed to do something that I think is very unique, especially for an African market and African place is to have a long-form podcast. That's something that we're used to seeing uh, come from the US, UK, Asian markets even. Um, but in those markets, people are um, not hardwired to listen to podcasts. They, because of their commutes and just how they consume certain media, that's how they listen to podcasts. Whereas here, long-form is not uh, the norm. So how have you guys managed to produce... <laughs> on average, a two-hour podcast consistently, uh, like how, how, what, is, what is the approach to that um, and to keep pe- keeping people's attention from start to finish? Let me take this one. Let me take this one. Mm, go ahead. First of all, Rutendo, and thank you very much for bringing this up. Thank you for this question. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Mm, prepare yourself. I think this episode of yours is going to be longer than usual. So, First of all, when we started, our goal was to have 45 minutes to one hour long podcasts. No, 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 Phil. We spoke about it and we agreed. And And all our episodes were 45 minutes, one hour. And I compromised. Of course, I, I I have no problem with one and a half hours. Even two hours on occasion. <laughs> Three hours. Ah, guys. Okay, okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. The thing is, you know, the thing is, Rutendo, you know what, um, we've sort of, when we first started the podcast, like Phil said, before we took our break, when we first started, it was, it wasn't very structured. All we knew is we had a guest and we, we would prepare and we knew what we wanted to speak to them about, but we didn't necessarily structure it. There were no segments like some people do or anything like that. When we came back, um, we sort of, we were a little strategic. We didn't want to be robotic or predictable or anything like that. We didn't want to make it seem like it was routine or whatever. But we did start introducing segments. And, I mean, the 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 idea behind introducing segments was just to add a little bit of spice, a little bit of, you know, interesting content and so on. So we'd have, like, a little thing like the Zimbabweans doing it big at the beginning, for example, which hopefully soon will expand to Africans doing it big. Or we'd even have... That later. Um, even, even that was later, though. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so we started introducing segments. Never have we taken away a segment. So we started from 45 minutes to one hour, 
and started adding little segments and ideas and whatever. And now with all the segments and ideas that we have, we end up with on average two to three hour podcasts. I've tried to say to Phil, yes, our hardcore fans love to hear more of us. Just like hardcore fans of movies would love to see a longer movie. But practically, w- the benefit we get from making a three-hour podcast as opposed to one-and-a-half-hour podcast is minimal. It's not that. But the effort and the, and the, and the, the work and the data and because mm, i edit the podcast so, i edit it no 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 but then we have discussed this we have discussed this and we've said we the budget is money. We finish. wait have you have you had the editor no so how can you come here okay even if there was an editor even if even if there was an editor obviously we i've been trying i haven't been very successful but i've been trying to sort of allot my time so I always, I, I want to, okay, from this time to this time, I'm doing this. From this time to this time, I'm doing this. I, I have like, I have like seven jobs. You know what I mean? If we count the podcast as one of them. So I don't, whereas previously it was very easy to be like, this day of the week, Tuesday evening, the whole evening is for the podcast. I found that I'm, I, I'm now in a situation where I'm like, okay, so we're going to record the podcast from seven to nine. Okay. And the next thing I'm going to do is this, which maybe I shouldn't do because frankly, Anyway, the the point I'm trying to make is, it is my opinion that according to Pareto's principle, <laughs> no, no. Long story short, I'm trying to say is, um, I, we obviously sometimes have longer podcasts, reaching three hours, as you've said. In fact, we had one that was five hours, <laughs> almost five hours. Mm. Not not for fun. So I, I'll explain why. <laughs> let, let, let me let Dan finish his point. And I am not opposed to the theory of having a longer podcast. I know the podcasts that I enjoy, I enjoy them when they're long. But I don't necessarily enjoy them less if they're shorter. And that makes me think, so the benefit, if we're looking practically, the benefit of making a three-hour-long podcast isn't isn't that much higher for most of our listeners than making a a one-and-a-half-hour so why don't we just make a one and a half hour? Of course, sometimes when, sometimes, because again, like like I, I said, we're not necessarily scripted. So sometimes the nyas are just firing. You know, the stories are just firing. Ah, why would we stop that? Keep it going. But I think as a standard rule, Philip, one and a half hours is, is I mean, come on, Philip, come on, come on. We need to discuss <laughs> so, this. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm also a digital marketer. So I look at the numbers and I also... As Dan said, I also don't like I don't want to sacrifice five hours, six hours of my day doing a podcast. But when I go back and I look at the numbers, all our super long episodes, like and the, literally and I showed Dan the graph one time and then he, he was not happy. But whenever we had super long episodes is when That's the donations would spike. <laughs> Obvious. If, if it were up to our listeners, we would have a 24 hour podcast. Obviously, if there's something you enjoy, you want more of it. <laughs> Obviously. And our longer episodes, we are conscious of them. And therefore, we are conscious of adding the pressure that, listen, this was a long episode. Y'all better be donating. So, of course, there's going to be more donations. But ultimately, what I'm saying is, as much as we would love to just leave the mic on and make it a long, constant 
24 hour per day, seven days a week stream for our listeners to tune in whenever they want. There has to be a cost benefit analysis that we have other things that we need to do. And then even after we are done, we still need to package this content that we've done. By the way, um, packaging the content, I can't, I, I don't know, maybe I'm a little bit, when it comes to putting things out, I'm a little bit of a, I get very finicky about certain things, which is weird. I can't, I can't just allow, I can't just put it together, put it out. I can't. I need to make sure that every, I need to make sure that the audio is good in all places. I need to make sure that we, we've had situations where, um, for example, our producer will say something while one of us is talking. And to me, it's important that, no, 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 that's not good. That's not, that's not good audio. I need to edit things a little bit. So let me, let me elongate Phil's pause and then move the producer, producer's point into there so that he can at least be heard. And that takes so much time. And it's also part of the reason why I haven't been so, I know we ultimately, we do need to get a producer to actually do it for us. But I, I am, I'm a little um, hesitant because I know that the producer is not going to put as much love and as much effort and as much thought into it as I do. You need no to matter let, what. Let it I go, mean, Dan. You need to Because I mean, it's our thing. So obviously, I, I, I know that I am going to have to let it go. But the longer we record, it literally takes me hours. And I'll, I'll be, okay, I hope none of my bosses are listening to this, but I'll be sitting in a meeting at work with one earphone in, listening to my podcast, trying to edit it as I'm participating in other things. You, you need to learn to, to delegate, Dan. You know, you can't micromanage your way. It's just not efficient, Dan. I mean, really. I, mean. I want to I wanna touch back on kind of your 18-month, your you know, kind of break period. Um, because I do feel like there is a time and I know I've experienced it myself where you've been podcasting for X amount of months, you know, you're going back to back to back recording, the process is the same. Uh, but at some point, either because of burnout or whatever other reason, other, um, obligations, you're like, actually, you know, let's take a bit of a break, but there's not always the, the, the strong possibility that you might even come back. You don't know what's going to happen during that break. Um, so for you guys, I know like uh, the podcast launched in 2014. Um, so when between then and pretty much now, when was the break and, and what was the reason for the break? Uh, to put it bluntly, I was going through many things. <laughs> I think I, I, um, I think for the for the most part, um, the, the podcast break was because of me. Um, and uh, full, full credit to Dan for understanding, but I was not in a good space at the time. Like at the time I was, I had just lost the job. Um, they had taken a substantial amount of money from me. Um, I had went from living alone to having to live with Dan. Not that it was a bad thing, but, um, it was an adjustment and Dan was seeing the adjustment himself. Like you were seeing like Phil went from having two cars to having no car, <laughs> you know what I mean? To now I'm worried about paying rent. And at the time, God bless us all, I, I was dating someone who was just like, you know, you know what, I can see things are bad right now. You're going through a tough time. Come to SA. So I was in, in, in SA. And then after SA, I literally had to leave Harare and move back home with my parents, to my parents, to Mutare. So during that time, we, we, we were now, funny enough, we were doing the pandemonium interviews long before the pandemonium. But we had to do interviews via Zoom. But it was this weird dynamic where Dan would be in the studio with the guest. And I'm, I'm, I'm calling in via Zoom. So the, the energy changed, the dynamic changed. And I just wasn't in the right headspace. Plus, the, the podcast was becoming a bit of a drag. So we were like, yo, we need to figure this out. I need to figure stuff out. And we took that break. 
that's when I was lucky enough to, to get the fellowship and I went to America and I I used that that opportunity to also understand more about the business of, of media and 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 uh creating content and then I went into therapy, which is why like if you see when we came back, like one of the first things I was touching was therapy because I'd been acting out in, in some crazy ways that were affecting not only the podcast, but my personal uh, reputation, the people around me. Um, and I addressed those issues and then we were able to, to move forward. So that's pretty much from my side why we, we took the break. It's just that I had left our area. I was literally trying to get back on my feet and figure out the next stage of my life. I had to address a lot of the issues that I had. Um, I don't even know if Dan remembers this. Like there was a time I was in therapy and I had this revelation and I went back to Dan and I was like, yo, Dan, I'm, 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 I've, I've been doing some thinking and some searching and I realized I was a bit of an asshole. You know what I mean? I was really an asshole and I'm sorry. I'm really sorry for being an asshole. And Dan was like, and then Dan was like, what do you mean? I don't think you're an asshole. I was like, no, Dan, I was an asshole. <laughs> and what, what was so, that? So, what was that? Sorry. What was that period uh, of the break? Like what were the what was the eighteen month period? It was a, it, it was almost exactly a year and a half. You know the thing, Rutendo. It was also when we when we st- when we talked about taking the break in the first place. So Phil Phil mentioned that okay, you know I'm going through some things. I need to fix some things out. Um, and at the time, I also agreed because I felt I did feel like the podcast was also in a little bit of a rut um, because at the time our whole um, I guess our whole model for the podcast was interviews. We had reached a stage where we felt like we'd interviewed almost everyone who was worth interviewing. And then we also thought about playing about, hey, so fine, let's not do interviews. Let's just talk among ourselves and whatever. And it was just, it was just, it just felt a little off. So when Phil suggested the break and he also mentioned that he had things he needed to work on, I was like, I think this is great. And the plan was, if you remember, Phil, the plan was to go on a break for a month. Mm. And um, within that month, um, I, what, I think within that month, I was, I got a, I got a, a promotion at work. I, air quotes, air quotes promotion. Um, and then. The money changed him. The money changed him. The money might've, the money might've actually reduced, but the, <laughs> the, the, the workload increased. <laughs> and, and then Phil at some point, I don't know how far into the break, Phil moved to South Africa for a while. So yeah, so we, we, we 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 always like okay we're supposed to be coming back with the podcast but ah situations aren't right right now and then that sort of continued for a while until at some point we weren't even thinking about the podcast i mean it was always in the back of the mind but we were no longer like we would regularly talk about what if we try this week what if we try next week what if we are and then at some point we were not talking about that at all yeah but people would remind us yeah so then it was like very weird though because like a year after the break yeah i would always bump into people like so, and I've said, I've shared the story on our podcast before, but I was in Matari. I had moved back with my moms and I had managed to get some money. So I was like, you know, let, let's go shopping, mom. You know what I mean? So we, we go shopping and then while we're in the shop, there's this guy that looks, is looking at me. And, um, I'm not, I'm not trying to say Kogi, but I'm from Matari. Matari is a small town. Everyone, everyone kind of knows everyone. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm somewhat popular. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm, I'm used to people looking at me a certain way. But he kept, he was looking hard. Like, I was, I don't know, so, so. I was like, ah, ah. You know, so we have the till. He keeps looking at me. And, the, and we happen to be at the same till. And then as he's packing his bags, he's like, he points at me, he goes, two broke tumbos. I'm like, yeah. I was 
like, ah, are you Phil Judd? I'm like, yeah. I was like, oh, and then he like, oh my God, I love you guys, blah, 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 blah. What you guys did at the Zim Hip Hop Awards is amazing. So, I, and at the time, I had checked the numbers. Like the video for the Zim Hip Hop Awards, it may be done like 4,000 views or whatever. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't a blockbuster. So it was strange to me that that was how he knew the brand. And I asked him, yo, how did you know about that video? It's like, ah, dude, that, that video is getting spread around the hood via, via flash sticks. Oh, crazy because of what you guys did there. And that's when I kind of got an idea of the popularity. And then it got further emphasized when I went to South Africa. So I was at the time I was trying to figure out like how to earn money because you know what I mean? Like literally my, the worst thing is being a guy and your girl's paying all the bills. So I'm trying to find money wherever I can. And the easiest way to find money was at these events. So like I'd, I'd work music events, shoot them. Um, I'd be working with artists, helping them write their bios, that type of stuff. And without, without fail for like a month, every music event I went to like back to the city, math town Heights, all of them, there would always be a Zimbabwean and they'd always shout, Timbers! and I'd be telling them, yo, do you know we have fans out here? <laughs> and we, I don't think we really understood like the reach of the podcast. So that was always at the back of my mind. And then I think one of the reasons I can't really put my finger on, on, on what really was the driving force, but I think one of the reasons definitely was when we saw what Kandoro and Nick were doing with us in the morning. And for a while, like I'm not gonna lie, there was, there was a bit of envy because like this is this is our formula. Like these guys took our formula. And we could see the numbers they were doing, we could see what was going on, and we were like, Yeah, okay, you know what, Dan, it's time to come back. Um, and once again, me being the person that's that starts flying the plane, like once I made that decision, we're coming back, we're coming back without Dan even knowing. I already had ideas for the the brand. I had knew we had redesigned. I was like, okay, we, we need to get rid of the the Beano because like if you look at the old logo, the old logo was based off the Beano comics, which I was a big fan of. I was like, no, we need to go corporate now because that we actually were, were considering changing the name because we're like we can't keep this, this broke thing. It's bad. It's 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 a stain on us. You know, it, it gives us a bad energy because every time we meet someone, they always have the same joke and it's annoying. Ah, Phil, two broke twimbos. You don't look broke though. Ha, 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 ha. You're like, oh, God. But <laughs> <laughs> so, just come up with that. So literally, when we launched, Dan was even like, yo, Phil, we're not ready. We need to get the format. We need to do this, this, and this. And I was like, Dan, let's just do it because I didn't want to lose that momentum and that inertia. Um, and if you go back to that episode, that, that, that first episode we did back then, it was terrible. But it, we needed to do that episode to get to better episodes. So what was part of the, like, even with you guys within the comeback, what were, like, the big changes that you had you had made to come back within the comeback? I know you spoke about, like, uh, upgrading or updating the, you know, the covers, um, kind of those things. Uh, also, just, like, the platforms that you guys are. I feel like you guys came, like, came to social media, like, from an Instagram perspective around then, maybe. Um, but, like, what, what, was, what were the big changes or the big things you were like, okay, cool, if we're going to come back after that episode, if we're going to come back, we're going to do it solid and, you know, we're going to do it for a long time. So just to give a little bit of context as well, partly to answer your question and just to add to what Phil was saying. So just before we went on break, we had solid numbers. Like we, we were looking at the number of subscribers we had. I was like, yo, this is, this is more than the circulation of some of the biggest newspapers in the country. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But 
but we were not we were not we were earning nothing from the podcast oh, you said, and you i suppose to share the numbers um what were, what, what i think we were like, around 20000 like yeah it was like 4 to 5000 subscribers uh 20000 um um and the blog uh, 20000 downloads yeah yeah and the blog no, was no, actually it, it, doing very well because dan would post yeah. music um and i would post music and we'd even do like little, like funny comedic um think pieces and stuff like that when we, when we still at the vim and viga and we we're still going out to events so like we were one of the we were one of the very few people actually covering events like going there and we 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 take our slapstick style and make it very entertaining so our numbers were really 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 good like we we we'd go yeah. to like workshops and meetings um i remember like the time into the dstv showcase and they were like, you know, we'd love it if you guys could take content. Like what Dan and Phil do, like what they did last week at the Tony Braxton show. That was amazing. Please, more of that, guys. That type of stuff. Um, at the, but the issue was, as Dan mentioned, we were making money. So for the most part, I would be taking money out of pocket. And I'm like, yo, Chris, who, who was our video director, we've got Casper in your vest. We need you to come shoot. Here's my camera. Here's my equipment. Here's some money. Come do it. And that money wouldn't come back um because we were doing it for the love so the first thing we did when we when we came back was like okay we i cannot now me speaking selfishly i cannot continue to take money out of my pocket to keep this going we need to figure out how to make to have this brand make money um so we're very strategic from that regard is how do we start generating revenue um so we wanted to that's also why we changed the brand name because or we, we try to reimagine the brand, so to speak, because the perception of us was very juvenile, but not professional, even though we were. But if you look at the logo, if you look at the, the artwork and so forth, it, it, it had a very specific um, adolescent look. And we were trying to take the brand further. So that's what went into the redesign and some of the design cues that we used there. And we're just working on strategy. So, but we're still we're trying to figure it out because even till today, like closing a deal for podcasting is really hard. But what we did figure out was we can use the podcast as a vehicle to get money other ways, which is what has been working. And now, with the especially with the pandemic, um, the Patreon and the donations we've been getting have been incredible. Um, I it's not it's not like we can quit our jobs money yet. But at least the blog is now operating at a profit. Like we're able to pay Godwin, who's our producer. Um, we can put money aside for equipment. We can put money aside for travel, which is a plus. Um, so in that regard, we're in good standing. But funny enough, do you remember, Phil? So when we stopped, we had good numbers, like solid numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think we were at... Like yeah, around 5,000 subscribers. At yeah, least. we're around 5,000, yeah. 20, we're, we're doing uh, about 20,000, 30,000 downloads a month. But, but then also that's with the knowledge that, it, uh, you know, anecdotally we also knew that people were sharing the podcast through other ways that we couldn't track. Yeah. But then when we came back, our first couple of episodes, due to a technical error, showed zero downloads and zero listens, three downloads and three listens. Mm. And we're like... Mm. For a while. Do you remember Phil was like almost two months? No, you were panicking. I was like, dude, as long as we stay no, out. No. I, I was like, okay, you know what? I think one of the one of the fears we did have was like, has, has the culture moved past us? Like, have we missed the boat? Because once again, like, we, we were very much in that. I, w- I would say personally, like, we were very much watching what other people were doing. So, like, 
There was like Keep It Real Fridays and there was Saturday in the Morning. I think those are the main ones. And we're just like, yo, have these guys taken over? Like, if, if we lost it, it, we're not it, relevant anymore. It wasn't just that, Phil. See, when we started the podcast, you and I were in our mid-20s. We were plugged in right into the center of everything that was hip happening. We were leading the trends. Mm-hmm. Fast forward two years, we're now slightly out of it. We're a little bit older Keep than the yourself, majority man. of I'm, people. I'm, I'm hip and happening. What are you talking about, <laughs> you dive turkey? <laughs> you, do you know what? Right now, to be honest, right now, Phil and I, I, unless you've just spent a lot of time on the timeline, I could ask you what's trending, what's everyone talking about. You don't know. I don't know. That's we have we, to figure it out. That's why we have. But gone. once upon a time, we were leading what everyone was talking about. Yeah, that's why. We, I, I did suggest to I did suggest to Phil that at some point, we need to pass the mantle on somehow. And he he's not happy to hear that, but I honestly I think we are gonna have no, to. No, no, I'm, because I'm, I'm, we're now grown, Philip. You, you know? No, no. I was gonna say, you know, what the thing is about like even passing the mantle on is it's not even like even passing on your show. It is just like making sure that there are opportunities for other people and other Zimbabweans to start podcasting or to learn from what you guys are doing. Because I feel like that's the mm. one thing in the Pan African podcast space right now that is maybe that needs a little bit of work in it is like almost everyone feels like they're podcasting in isolation. And I do believe that you can have a podcast at like, whether you're nine or like 99, there's always the going to be shit. content and there's always been discussions that one can have. I think the issue is one access to the ability to do podcasting. And then two is passing the mantle, but not obviously like your physical podcast, because it'll always be yours. Um, but just being able to pass on those skill sets to other people. So, so I do want to ask about equipment, your setup, what that looks like, because obviously like different podcasters do things differently. Um, some are on the very high tech end. Some I know are in studios and others are just doing their thing at home. Um, from those who are actually just recording on their cell phones as well. So what does your setup look like? What equipment do you use? Um, from microphones to mixes to editing equipment, what is the full pre-production? So I think that's that's another thing is, we, as we mentioned before, um, a lot of the stuff we did was subsidized by other things. So for example, the African Hip Hop blog and my company subsidized the podcast and Dan's job subsidized the podcast. And shout out to Mai Makore, shout out to Superman Dewanzira, um, for giving us the opportunity because Dan literally went to them. Oh, no, I'm no. kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Dan literally went to them. I was like, yo guys, we want to start a podcast. They were like, what's a podcast? He's like, no, I just, we just need to use the studio. And they, they let us use the studio. And it's weird because I don't work at ZFM. I've never worked at ZFM, but Super Mandy Wanzira would come into the office, see me recording the podcast, wave at me and kept going. You know what I mean? Um, and that's something you didn't have to do. That's something that Mrs. Makori didn't have to approve, but they did. And they let us record. So for the first year, year and a half, two years, uh, we'd record at ZFM, so that subsidized it. Um, I had equipment um, from the podcast that we were able to use, so it was a Zoom H4n and then some Behringer performance mics um, that we'd use, um, and that was just for two-channel recording. Um, and then when we came back, yeah, we did some upgrading, you know what I'm <laughs> So what, this is not the typical podcast setup. So like in my office, I've got a, a Roland OctaCapture, which is like a 16-channel sound card. Um, it's basically used for, I, we use it for the studio, but 
I, I took it and I was like, I'm using it for the podcast as well. So it, it's, it normally would be used in like a, a full studio environment, um, but it's used for the podcast. Um, I've got um, an Aikai AK900 mic, which is, once again, a normal podcaster wouldn't have this mic because this is a very expensive microphone. As you can see, Dan has got a massive Blue Yeti microphone, which is very professional for voiceover work. Um, Software-wise, we use Adobe Creative Suite. So like I've got Audition recording this and then we use Zoom um, for the remote interviews. So in the beginning, this there's no way we would be able to afford this just off the podcast. It was because we had other other hustles and other jobs and other things going on. Now, thanks to our patrons, we love you guys so much. We actually are able to afford this stuff. We've actually got some equipment coming in. When, when the person who's bought the equipment finally responds to my message, uh, we will have more equipment coming in. Um, and then that also leads into a bigger plan because as Dan said, we do want to pass the mantle. So we are slowly but surely building a, enough equipment to have a studio. And like we'll, we'll have two broke trimbles, but then we'll also have a bunch of other podcasts um, that we'll be mentoring and helping with. And then when we approach brands and network and advertisers and so forth, we can say, yo, we've got a collective audience of 200,000. You can't say no to us now. You know what I mean? That type of thing. So um, also, uh, um, everything Phil said is, is correct and accurate, but I feel every time there's a conversation about equipment, a lot of people immediately feel excluded. And the difference between the quality of a podcast that has all the equipment, so the quality of our podcast, for example, we've, we've, we're at a stage now where, for example, even when we're recording remotely, we've both got our microphones and our setups and we're good. But the difference in quality between someone who just has a $30 USB microphone that they plugged into their computer, the difference exists it's negligible. But yeah, you can still make a good podcast yeah. with the, with the bare bones. Mm -hmm. So don't get caught up on equipment. Just have the just have just the, you know what I mean. They're all over the internet. You can buy a thirty dollar or even a twenty twenty dollar USB microphone. You literally plug it into your computer, and fine. It's not professional grade quality, but it's good enough for your podcast. And if there are any potential sponsors who want us to plug their microphones here, give us a call. We'll be more than willing to do so, uh, but yeah, just to piggyback what, what Dan said, I think I think a lot of a lot of people get hung up on that. Like, I want the best of the best. I have a friend that wanted to start a podcast, and they were like, "Yo, these are the the mics available," and I told them just get the the, the forty dollar Samsung, and they're like, "No, no, no, I want to get the best." And then they ended up buying like a three hundred dollar Rode mic, and I was like, "There's no way you're going to utilize this. This is for voiceovers." And they're like, no, but I don't want to have to upgrade later. I'm like, yeah, but you haven't even have a business case yet. Like, at least release an episode first before doing this. And there's a lot of small things you can do. Like, I remember in the beginning, like, remote recording, when I used to, like, call artists to interview them, I would literally go sit in my closet. So I'd take the clothes closet, I'd separate them, and I'd sit in that, and I'd close it. And that was the best noise isolation studio ever. If you can't get a closet, let's go. You, cars, another amazing place where you can get echo-free audio. Just sit in a car and record in there. It's a beautiful isolation studio. You don't need all the fancy isolation pads and the stuff you see behind me and the bass traps and all that. You don't need all that. All you, all you have to do is the basics. Um, if you can just figure that out, the most important thing is the conversation. Um, there are several podcasts that sound horrible, but have an audience because they have good content. Figure out the content first, the equipment will come later. 
Final question is just for those, it's not really, it is a question. Uh, for people who want to connect with you guys, who want to check out your podcast, listen to your podcast, uh, follow you on social media, how do they reach you? How do they contact you? Uh, Dan, I'll start with you first. Sure. So you can go to patreon.com forward slash two broke twimbos. That's the best way to reach us. Yeah. I will respond immediately. Before you're even done typing, we'll have responded. Like the moment we see those three bubbles, we are there. We are. Hello. Alternatively, you can go to paypal.com. And no, okay, no. Okay. So obviously the podcast is available online. It's on twobroketwimbles.com. We've been able to structure our website. So that includes pretty much all the information you'll need in terms of whatever platform you want to subscribe on. Or you can use any platform, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Deezer, whatever you use. I don't think there's any way that podcasts exist except for the obviously the exclusive apps some of them um mm. you can't find two broke twimbles mm-hmm. um individually you can find me on social media as danny that guy i'm on instagram twitter facebook recently tiktok mm. i can't wait phil i can't wait to send you my new tiktok video you know that trend that tell me blah 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 without telling me blah 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 i'm about to kill it and then I'm going to do that faster challenge. You. I already blocked you. I already blocked you. Oh, no, 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 It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> if you're going to reach me, you need to face north on a, a night with a full moon. Um, click three times and howl at the moon and I will appear. Uh, <laughs> or just uh, get me on two broke timbers or Phil Chard. P H I L C H A R D on all social media platforms. And that's a wrap on today's show. While you're here, definitely check out the latest issue of the Podcast Sessions digital magazine at www.thepodsessions.com. The Podcast Sessions is a production of Teensway Media.